welcome to the Meditation Ward. My name is Nadia Ward, and I'm really excited to bring you this podcast. I talk to a lot of meditation practitioners about their practice and what led them into meditation and what keeps them there. I hope you enjoy it. Each week, we have a second episode where you get a guided meditation. So you can come back and use those whenever you need them, and they're there for you. Are you interested in starting your own meditation practice? Check out TheMeditationWar.com, where I offer a six-week program to work with you one-on-one to teach you meditation tools and to help you find a practice that works for you and your lifestyle. I'm also a health and wellness coach certified through Georgetown University. So if you're interested in wellness coaching through a meditative perspective, I'd love to talk to you more about that. Contact me at TheMeditationWar.com or find us on Instagram, The Meditation Ward. And now our episode. Hey everybody, thank you. I am Nadia, this is The Meditation Ward. And today I'm very excited to get to talk to my friend Justine the Witch. She has an eclectic bloodline witch who specializes in shadow work and tarot reading. She refers to herself as a therapist and a word witch. Her love for writing and passion to heal spiritual abuse has been the catalyst for her activism and her craft. She is honored to have been initiated and taught by established and powerful witches throughout the years. Justine offers exclusive one-on-one sessions called Alchemy Academy, where she deep dives into her clients' natural gifts through astrology, human design, and other modalities. For the past decade, Justine has been known for her role in exposing the evangelical cult she was raised in and has been working tirelessly this last year alongside an incredible legal team to bring justice to the survivors of this dangerous organization. Justine, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we're going to have it in the show notes, but I know people are already going to be interested if they're interested in booking like a a tarot reading with you or um, working one-on-one with you. Can you send them to where you'd like them to find you? Absolutely. So Instagram's the easiest, but also Soul Trine, um, which I gave you the link to um, if you want to add it in the show notes. Um, Soul Trine has like the specific types of readings that I do, but you can always reach out to me and we can discuss what works for you. Yeah. She's on Instagram as Justine the Witch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's um, really, really great to see you. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I've known Justine for a few years and we've even led a retreat together. So it's really special for me that she's going to be on our meditation podcast. Oh my gosh, that retreat was amazing. Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, just a couple words from your bio are already things that a lot of people don't know what they are like a bloodline witch versus a witch or what is a witch or what is shadow work? Like, um, where would, where do you feel comfortable diving in first to start telling people what it is you do and who you are? Um, oh my goodness. You know, I always feel like the best place to start is the beginning. Um, and, but, you know, I guess before the beginning, um, I did not know that I had practicing witches in my family um, until like the more recent years. So I was not raised um, by women who, or people who considered themselves witches. I discovered this on my own. And through that ended up um, kind of finding out that on both sides of my family, there are and have been practicing witches. Um but I did not start out that way. It actually was 
um, because I was raised in a cult and questioned from a very young age and over the time ended up coming to this place. Yeah. So being raised in a cult, it's a big part about what your purpose and your work is right now of trying to help people escape from spiritual abuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, do you mind just giving a little bit of a background of found myself really, um, yeah. because I, that's where, yeah, found my witchness, found myself. I think it was always there. So, um, in the beginning, I was three years old when my parents joined this organization. They did not know that it was a cult. Um, but I was three years old when this happened. And so this is where, um, your listeners are going to be like, okay, she's a weirdo if they already didn't think so. But I distinctly remember, I've always seen spirits since I was very small, but I distinctly remember, um, it was the night that my, um, dad had, um, driven out to San Diego. This would have been the night that he was deciding that he was going to join this organization, um, really to save his marriage. Um, and that night I had a spiritual experience. I was three years old. I know it sounds wild, but I was very articulate, a uh, three-year-old who already had seen spirits before. And I saw these glowing, um, I called them angels because they kind of looked like monsters, but they were really nice. So I decided they must be angels <laughs> because I was three. Like, what was I going to do with, you know, this was my logic. Um, and that I would say is, was the biggest like, um, shift point in the trajectory of my life. Um, because this had happened and I had tried to explain it to my parents and they of course told me that I was dreaming and I knew that I wasn't dreaming. Um, I, in, from that moment began to question everything. So enter this, you know, this church um and can you go back and tell us the what happened oh yeah um so I there was a really really bright I, I heard arguing there was a really really bright light and I opened my eyes and in front of the bed um that I was sleeping in next to my mom and my little sister um there were these huge I mean I was three so they could have been normal size but they were huge bright beings all of them had different like some of them had wings and some of them had beaks and some of them had like more like maybe lion looking they were all kind of pieces of humans and animals i remember distinctly one of them was very feminine um i definitely thought that they were monsters at first but um they were arguing but their mouths didn't move i could hear them though in my head and um they recognize they noticed that I could see them and that I could hear them. And the more feminine looking one, um, she told me that tonight changed everything. And this was not the plan for me. Um, she said that my life was gonna be really difficult and I was gonna go through a lot, but I was going to make big change. And she said, Don't worry, we're gonna be here. We're gonna be here for you. So I'm guessing they're my guides. Um, so, but I was three years old, so that was like very shocking and they were not wrong. That night definitely changed everything about my life. Um, so now I think, I mean, maybe they're my guides, some type of angels, maybe aliens. I don't know. I call them yeah. angels. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Like, because we do know we get free will and then also things seem like they're pre-decided, but it's a little confusing 
to think that the guides that brought us here or that are here on our path can be so, so thrown off about what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like you would, like you said, we have free will and, but there is some type of, yeah, there is, we're, we're here for a reason. We came here for a reason. Right. Um, and and they're I like, always, oops, we dropped her in the wrong spot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oops, that wasn't what our plan was. But like, we all, you know what I mean? It's kind of wild. Well, I, but I think that there's, well, if we have free will, so does anybody else. So whatever was happening outside of this, my mom abandoning us, my dad going after her, maybe he wasn't supposed to, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, we would never have been there. We would have never been in San Diego if my mom hadn't run away and joined a cult. <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, like that never would have happened. Yeah. So I, it, I know it does not make us feel very safe, does it? But <laughs> right. well, like at least they knew that once that happened, that they're like, okay, well, here we go. This is, this is us now. Yeah. yeah. Do you still see their pictures like in your head when you're going through things? Um, yeah, I see their pictures. Um, so I didn't like, I mean, I would think about it, but I remember the moment that really like rocked me. I was like in fourth grade, I think. And we were learning about like Mesopotamia and Egypt and I saw hieroglyphs and I like was floored because that's kind of what they looked like. Oh, okay. So that, I was like, those are the angelians. <laughs> 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 Angelians now at the time I called them angels. Um, but over time, I think that celestial beings and guides are all the same thing. Right. So you don't really mention like what the name of the organization is. Is that for a reason or is that something that you'd like to share? I can. So the organization is, well, there's two of them. There's like an offshoot. So um, the one that I was raised in is called the International Church of Christ, and it's all over the world. Um, and in like 2003, there was this really big upheaval, and the leader was removed. And then um, a few years later, he started a new church, and that's called the um, City of Angels International Christian Churches. Carbon copy. It is a carbon copy. Like the international, the ICC, ICOC that I grew up in. Um, has like a nonprofit called Hope. Um, the new one, ICC, has Mercy. So I mean, literally, it's just it's the it's the exact same thing. Um, but he does have more control in in the other one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't if you know anybody who is a part of them. Like I think if you'd like, I can also send you some articles about it. And I think that everybody needs to know it's both of the organizations are extremely unsafe and um, there's some massive lawsuits going on right now and they're being investigated by the FBI as well. Right. Do you, I don't want to spend like too much time of this podcast talking about um, the cult years because that's a different part of who you are now and your meditation practice and what you offer. But I do want people to know like, how they if how they can help someone if they need to or anywhere i know that they might be making some documentaries about them or there's been some articles out so um is there a little bit you can share for people before they're like wait why'd you just jump over that cult stuff <laughs> yeah okay so um 
right now we are working on a documentary that has been picked up by a major network and it will be streaming but this it's not you know we're working on that um and i will give you information um there are several rolling stones articles new york times articles fox news um you can just google icoc cult and that's going to come up and then there's also a website um that's icoc-icclawsuits.com and that's going to give you the actual lawsuits but i do caution you about reading them they are very hard to read they're very sad the the abuse that happened was very horrible and and to a lot of children um i'm one of them so i i would just caution you i'm not saying don't read it but i would caution you and then if you do know anybody who is in any type of a um high control group um i highly recommend reading the book combating mind control by steve hassan um i think that he has some of the best information he work directly with the organization that I was in as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And I know that now, just like we were talking about that your life was going to be hard, but it also is going to make a lot of change that this work that you're doing now to help others get out of it has, or help them in any way you can, has been really draining for you. This has been the most exhausting year of my life. Um, as I've like kind of donated all of my time and energy to it, but it has been extremely rewarding because, um, for 10 years before this, well, 11 now I was, I was speaking out and I was creating safe spaces for people who were in the organization. So, and I was called a liar. <laughs> and, um, so when when I had the opportunity to jump into this and to make a difference, and I, I, I it, there was no question. I dove headfirst, and I never looked back, and I don't, I don't think I ever will. So yes, the things that I went through, I'm not one of those people that's like, you know, I don't know, be really grateful for the hard things because I really, if I could go back, I never would have allowed little baby Justine to go through those things. Like I feel very deeply for baby Justine. And I don't think she deserved those things. Um, that being said, I do think that I have made the biggest difference that I can with what I've had. Yeah. And you don't want to keep that happening. You have some power now trying to stop that from happening for, for new children. I hope that no other, I hope, I really hope people listen because I don't want the other child ever. I mean, there's current cases, so it's still happening. It's, yeah. I hope that I hope that they are stopped soon. Yeah. Well, thank you for all that work and for talking about it. Um, so coming out of that, like since I know some of your personal story, I know that there's a long time where you did not believe, I think, in like anything. You cut yourself mm -hmm. off. And then how how did you come into this kind of practice as being a witch and finding your bloodline? And so um I was my first experience with meditation, like act like purposeful meditation, I was 16 years old. I had been diagnosed with anorexia and was hospitalized um, due to being in a cult. And um, I actually, that was my first experience um, meeting a witch. I shouldn't call herself that, but now like looking back, I can, I know she's totally, she was a witch. Um, she was the person who came in and um, she led guided meditations 
and um she gave me my first set of oracle cards and um uh, that was the first time, and I, that was some, a practice that I kind of brought with me through the rest of my life, but as an atheist, you know, like I didn't believe in anything, but I did, I could tell that um, I would, my anxiety lowered when I would, um, I started to guide myself in meditation. So, which is, you know, how I probably ended up being here too. Um, but that would have been the sort of the beginning, but I, when I really started, recognized that something that I needed something um I was I had gone through my dark night of the soul which is a time in your life where it seems like maybe you're not going to live this it was a really my marriage was falling apart I had relapsed into my eating disorder my weight was extremely low and um I my parents got me a eating disorder a specialist therapist who I saw for six years until she retired. I was devastated when she retired. Uh, yeah. Um, because she, she's a really special person. And I do think that she did save my life. I mean, my parents did, they did, but so did I, right? Because I chose to do the work. Um, now she was a little bit more clinical, but really encouraged me to, um, to, to be curious. And I became very curious. And I always was interested in astrology. Um, and I would say that astrology sort of led me to archetypes. Okay. Which um, led me to shadow work. And um, so just for, I'm sure you've talked about this before, but I'll give a little brief um, explanation of archetypes. I love it. Okay. So, um, archetypes are things like um i'll give you i'll give you some examples because i think it's the easier way to um but it's like um energies that you can feel so if i were to give you if i were to give you like um a maybe a villain archetype um we would maybe think lord voldemort or hitler um if i was going to give you a okay you know here's a good one do you have a friend who's like such a monica you know, like, oh, like, right. Totally, like... totally, you know, fluffs the pillows, everything needs to be just so that's an archetype. Like Monica basically has become an archetype. Right. And just like growing... Samantha from Sex in the City. Yes, Samantha. Exactly. So, <laughs> right. And, and you're going to find really anything can be um, an archetype and they're always changing. There's there. We're always adding new archetypes right. as, as language changes, as our world changes. Yeah. Even simple ones like mother, um, like yeah. teacher, those are also archetypes. I, yes. So um, I identify really strongly with um, the storyteller archetype. That's something that I really, really um, connect with. And I'm a writer, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but as I was diving into this, I, I think I was reading books by Carolyn Mice, who- I love her. I love her. <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. She is feisty. I love it. Yeah. Um, but brilliant. And she has so much information. And so from Carolyn Mice, I ended up segueing, I guess, into um into goddesses, into like the energetics of a goddess. So like, I mean, you've you've done my shadow work course a couple of times. And um, so you know, like when when we think like Athena, that's warrior, right? Like, and I and and I 
want to stand strong when I think Athena energy. Um, but like maybe when I'm thinking Persephone energy, I'm thinking like maybe sensuality or like there's sultry, it's a little bit dark. Um, and then, and, and so these are the things I kind of started to dive into. And it was like, I, it was this, it became maybe a coping skill, but also like learning about myself. Like there are different times where I need to step into this energy. And there are times that I needed to learn where to put baby Justine because baby Justine was so wounded and baby Justine that was in there and, and teenage Justine, who's such a brat by the way, <laughs> who comes out sometimes couldn't handle the big stuff. So learning to work with archetypes, I created a space in, in my brain. It's my safe space. And this is a space that I put baby Justine when I'm going to do big work. And I put teenage Justine who will stamp her foot and throw a fit, right? I put her in these safe spaces and I actually have her guarded by archetypes that I consider to be safe. Um, I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I think you were just telling us about the kind of work that you do. You said you started out with um, archetypes and they led you into shadow work. Right. Okay. So the shadow work, um, first of all, putting Justine in a safe space so I could do the big work and then leaning into the depths of the depths. And that's where the dark goddesses came in. Um, for a very long time, I was only comfortable working with, um, feminine and um, so that I really um, connected with Lilith. I actually have a suspicion that she was that feminine um, creature with wings that um, spoke to me. Um, I really identified with her story because she so fiercely stands up for herself. She so fiercely stands up for what she believes in. And she so fiercely protects children. Mm. And um, so I started working with her and then, and then I, Hecate, I really, she became a guide for me. Um, I do but believe you said that you I start, you said you started working with them. Sorry to interrupt, but, um, like you mentioned that they're archetypes and that each of them have a different energy. But when you say you started working with them, what does that mean to someone that's listening to this? So Okay, so like, are you asking, do I think that Lilith is real? I'm asking what, what is the work that you do with this Lilith, whether it's an archetype or whether she is real or whether she's an energy, what is the work that, you, that you're doing? Um, Does that make sense? Yes, so the work that I'm doing is exploring um, her, her gifts, exploring um, what she brings when leaning into Lilith, what comes out of me. Okay. This is where I really discovered the, my fierce, um, need to protect children, which, you know, you've seen, like, I, I've always had children around me. Yeah. Um, you know, like I almost can't help it. Um, but I have this fierce need to um, protect and nurture them. And I don't trust people. And I think that that is something that came out when I started doing meditations with Lilith and allowing that Lilith energy in and exploring it and sort of following it and seeing where, where it goes. Yeah. 
And through that, it was a healing practice for different parts of yourself. Absolutely. Very healing and very empowering. She's very empowering. Um, Medusa brought out a lot of my sister wound, my sister wounding times that I've been hurt by women and times that I've hurt women. And I really had to get, um, I mean, I chose to get really um, honest about those things. And it has helped me to be a better friend, to be a better sister. Um, and that's working with, with the Medusa energy. Um, Just like, like you're saying the Monica energy or the Samantha energy, um, but in a goddess style. Yeah. Realm. Yeah. 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 Um, so, well, speaking to that, um, does the archetypal, archetypal, archetypal energy depend because Samantha is a character, she isn't real, but is her archetypal energy that you would work with if you are working with that kind of, um, I would guess she's kind of a Persephone kind of energy, maybe like a sensual kind of troublemaker. <laughs> um, so the one, okay, so I hear what you're saying. So the one difference I would say is that like, um, a lot of the archetypes that I work with um, are also like astrological. So there is the energy that is brought in at different times, um, like, you know, Pallas Athena. Um, there is, we all have um, Lilith in our chart. Um, so there's that. But I would say that anybody, yes, you can work with Samantha, be her. Like, what does it feel like when you lean into her? It, it is sexy and she doesn't yeah. give an F. She just um she exudes she's kind of lolita um maybe energy um just like really really comfortable with her body really comfortable with her sexuality so yeah i mean it it doesn't have to be um and like a um astrological archetype but i do believe that um astrology is like weather and it is happening regardless of whether we believe it or not I think that learning about it, it's like, I can give you an umbrella because it's going to rain, but you don't have to necessarily believe me. Right. <laughs> Logically. Cool. Yeah. So then how did you go from having meditations um, through the programs that you went through um, uh, with anorexia and those things into becoming a practicing full-time witch? <laughs> So, um, over, well, actually that, um, I had been doing this whole, like working with archetypes privately and didn't tell anybody, um, for a little while, a year, maybe two. And, um, one day I got off work from stray and I came home and my, my husband, well, we were having a barbecue, but I was late cause I was getting off work. And my husband had invited his friend and his friend's family. And um, his wife um, was just so sweet. She was just like such a light. And she had brought um, me a gift. And it was um, three or four hand-rolled candles. And she said something like she had this like candle company. I, I thought that was cool, but it was, she was, that's it. She didn't, she said there, it's friendship candles. So you can give one to each of your friends and like keep one for you. And I did, um, I ended up giving them to, um, the, and I had no idea this was going to happen, but I ended up giving them to the women who would later be in my coven. Wow. 
I had no idea that that was even happening because none of them were aware of what I was doing. Um, this woman, her, her name is uh, Katie. And also, actually also her husband's name is Scott. So that we, we call them other Scott and Katie. Okay. <laughs> um, if you can't tell listeners, uh, Justine and I have a shared friend of which we met Katie who was married to a Scott, but not yes. this Scott and Katie. <laughs> um, Candle Katie, we'll call her. Um, a, she intrigued me, you know, she was so welcoming and nice and we ended up developing a friendship and not long later, I discovered what her, her Etsy shop really was. And it, and, and she worked with deities, which is basically working with archetypes. And I was floored because I was like, there's other people, there's other people doing this. And, um, I would say that she was my first real initiation. She took me under her wing. She had been practicing for a very long time. And, um, I mean, she's like my witchy mom. <laughs> so that kind of, that's when I began to dabble in like actual spells. I didn't know that I'd probably been, I definitely had been spell casting. Um, anytime you're write, writing or speaking, you are spelling, right? So like, we're always spelling all the time. I just became more intentional about it. And I became amazed by it. And is, uh, creating a spell, casting spells, similar to manifesting. Yes. Okay. Um, and you really okay? So, I have tried to do a few spells, and I don't feel like mine work. So also, I also like you know with prayer. Sometimes you say a prayer, and you don't think it's answered, but apparently every prayer is answered. You might not one see it, or it might not be what you were asking for. Um, so I don't, I don't know if those are related in any way. I would say, I mean, I the hope those are a little bit more specific. Yeah, but yeah. I would like in a in a way is like I'm. I don't mean this to like. Hopefully, this doesn't like make anybody feel like I'm like their faith isn't real because that's, I, I really just think that it's all kind of the same and whatever you feel called to is right for you. Um, so if it's prayer, if it's mantras, if it's manifestation, I do, I kind of feel like it's all the same and you're right. It, they are answered and sometimes the answer is not what we want. Right. Um, there's definitely been spells that have not, um, gone the way that I had planned, but Often I end up finding out that they have worked just in a way I was not expecting. Right. That, that's why we should be very careful with our words. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do it. Like when I'm writing my spells, I'm going back and making sure like, to, like I don't want to ask for abundance because I might get an abundance of something I don't want, right? Like I want prosperity. I want financial freedom. So I try to be really specific when say I'm manifesting like for finances. Right. Yeah. Um, so you said, when I want to take you back to where you were, where you said you started to kind of, you're under this um, other Katie wing, um, kind of as you're like your mama's mama witch. And you started to be really surprised with how the spells were happening and how they were working. You want to give us a little bit of that? Well, yeah. So, um, okay, well, I'll tell you, this one was weird. Um, I, on Mother's Day, I have really bad luck on Mother's Day. It's like this last Mother's Day, I broke my finger, like shattered the tip of my finger. Um, but this other Mother's Day, um, I, my car was stolen, 
Like I went to go to work to stray and I walked outside and my car was not there, like gone. And, um, Katie's son was very, he, he was very protective and he asked his mom if he could make a spell candle to bring back by my car. And she gave it to me. And one night that I wasn't working, I lit the candle to bring back my car. And like 10 minutes later, I get a text message from my friend who's a dispatch officer. And she says, Justine, you won't believe it. We found your car. Yeah. Within 10 minutes of lighting this candle. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it would have, maybe it was going to happen anyway, but things like that. I don't know. It just, yeah. it's so cool. Um, Katie also introduced me to um, like m- menstrual magic. Um, and at the time, this is before I had to have a hysterectomy, which is one of those cosmic jokes, I think. Like I became so connected with my womb and then I had to let it go. But um, I started doing a lot of work with my, with when I was bleeding um, because you're very powerful during that time. And I really, um, it, Katie actually, the reason I ended up reading Lisa Lister's books and eventually t- took a course with Lisa Lister and got to have one-on-ones with her and eventually even got to meet her in person. And Lisa Lister is, for anybody um, who doesn't know, she's like, she was one of the more brave um, witches of our time who came out and says she's a witch. Um, She came out of the broom closet. She wrote a book called Witch. It's a wonderful book. But she also wrote um, books about uh, menstruation and um, just the the magic of it, of of the the moon phases. And um, so she's a, all of this just kind of built on top of each other. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said coming out of the broom closet, you know, just thinking about how you like, I don't know if you like to, but it seems like you don't make things easy on yourself because you're bold and, you know, it's like there's an easy road and then there's the Justine road. And um, even the work you're doing now with like the, the, you know, helping other people in cults, like you didn't choose to be in the cult, but you choose or you have to because of who you are do this kind of work and then also just telling people that you're a witch is also making your life a lot harder on yourself in a lot of ways probably what is it like to come out of a broom closet and when was the moment that you realized like damn i'm a witch and now it's time for me to let people know Well, okay. I would say that part of, so in human design, I'm a one three, um, which means that I'm an investigator martyr. So um, I really identify with that martyr archetype too. I have never shied away from something that I feel very strongly about that I know to be true. Um, I, I, that was one of the, sorry, that's my dog. Um, That was one of the reasons that um, I was, had a really hard time because I could tell I could see the hypocrisy and I spoke up about it and um yeah you're right I have not made my life um easier but I can't not like I literally can't not like it's like it like boils in my body and we're all blessed and lucky that you do the hard things right thank you yeah 
but like it drives my husband crazy and it drives my like my my um i have a trans child a son who um is very gets really frustrated with me because he wants me to be safe and feels like my activism is very unsafe my husband also is like why this is dangerous um so but when i decided when i knew that i needed to come out of the broom closet um I had made a commitment to myself that I was going to stand in my authenticity um, no matter what. And at some point it was, how am I, how can I, how can I be around anybody and for them to not know who I am? I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't, I don't know. I couldn't be around people and not be me. And for so long, and I think that's why I had this horrible eating disorder. I was making myself small. I because I would get in trouble for speaking out. Because when I would think these thoughts that I wasn't allowed to think, you know, it I I just had to silence it and stop it. And and that was close my mouth and don't eat. And I it I was killing myself. I mean, not intentionally, but like that's what that's where I was headed. And I, you know, through therapy and then through this work, I really was like, so it turns out I have to stand in my authenticity or it will kill me. Right. Which is because both choices are hard. Both choices are hard, but one could kill me. Right. You know, and then, and it leads me to other things. It's not just the eating. Um, it blocks me from my own, my spirituality. Um, it disconnects me from my relationships. Um, I make choices that aren't my, that aren't me, I would say, yeah. but when I'm standing in authenticity, even when it means I'm making the hard choices, um, you know, I can sleep at night. Yeah. Like, I think that's my, it's my peace. Um, there have been some things that have happened recently in the world that I was really quiet about at first for weeks. I was really, really quiet. And finally, I, nobody, was, nobody was saying anything. And I felt like I had to. And I know that's one more thing that people are like, oh my God, Justine. But I, but I can't not because it was giving me, me not speaking up was giving me literal anxiety attacks. Like, like I thought I was, couldn't breathe and was going to die. My husband's sitting on the floor next to me as I am just having these horrible, heart, uh, horrible anxiety attacks. When I am not speaking truth, when I am not seeking justice, when I'm not saying what is real, I can't, my body can't handle it. It's not natural to have four anxiety attacks in a couple of days. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're really a strong, <laughs> strong woman. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> you've seen me not, you've seen my moments. <laughs> yeah. My moments where I've been, you know, where I've needed to be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it's not for those moments. Strong wouldn't be strong. Strong, you that would just be baseline or something, you know, right. but it's having those moments where it is so hard like you can't be brave unless there's a reason yeah. to be brave or you're not brave you know what i mean that's very true yeah. that is very true for putting it that way 
Yeah. Yeah. It's about the up and down and getting back to the up and learning how to focus and deal with your downs that makes you able to connect with other people and understand what they're going through because you've gone through it. Yeah. Yeah. Over and over and over. <laughs> and yeah. those, you know, I think that there's something also important about those times where I do feel weak because those are the times when I'm like, if I start to second guess myself, I, I go back through my why, why is it that I, that this is what I believe? Why is it that this is what I'm standing for? And if for whatever reason I ever came to the the point of not having that why, that would be the time to change course. Right. So yeah, I even need to question myself. Like I don't, you know, I know I'm not infallible. <laughs> yeah. And there's only so many things you have the energy to speak up about. Yes, it's true. And that's been, so how do you decide what is worth it? Um, I mean, with, when it comes to, um, the cult, that is, that is my hill that I hopefully won't die on, <laughs> but it is, it is my hill that I will, I will protect and I will, I, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. Um, and, and it's not about, I mean, it's a little bit about little Justine who also deserves justice, but it is about my loved ones who experienced this it is about my parents who had to also endure this and and then have to take care of me after all of this because it wasn't my parents fault that all of this happened um it is for all of the children like I that one's not going anywhere and I am and I'll take the sleepless nights of you know working hard on plaintiff statements even though I am not a paralegal and didn't even go to college but here I am doing this work because it's the right thing to do um and I think like it hasn't left a lot of room for a lot of other things like I haven't really been like working outside the home I've even taken a step back with um some of my readings and things like that um I'm but it's the right thing to do. I don't know how to explain it. Like, but you know what? I will say that um, being in the cult actually sort of created this monster that you see here mm -hmm. because um, we were so expected to constantly, constantly be working um, tirelessly and to be at for that. It was recruiting and making money and, and, and all of that. But um, so you got, you created a nice worth ethic. Oh, heck yeah. But it's something that I am passionate about. If yeah. I'm not, you know, the ADHD life, if I am not, um, passionate about it, it's not happening. Like I just can't, you know, force myself. Yeah. Um, so when people work with you one-on-one, -on -one, what does that look like? Um, so I like to do, I like to have, um, monthly sessions with my clients and I, use their astrology and um, basically the time they were born and the place they were born, um, looking into their astrology and their human design. Um, and what I, what I think my job is for people is to be, I want to find what their superpowers are. What, when they were born, what were they gifted with? And um, help them to sort of explore this and, and work with it. Practices that can work, um, lots of I give I give homework it's you don't have to do it but I mean you may as well um and then I I tell my clients that 
have you ever heard the saying, um, if a tree falls in a forest and no one was there to hear it, did it make a sound? My job is to witness it making a sound because I want to validate you. I want to recognize what you what gifts you have. I will recognize the struggles you have as well. And I will be there to support you. That is my job. I believe that my clients, many of my clients are going to go on and do really, really big things. Like I think maybe my big thing is obviously the cult stuff, but like it's supporting people who are going to make huge change in this world. I've got clients who blow my mind with their potential and we get, and I get to, to witness it and to hear them and to be very invested in them and their lives. Um, so we go through each, I teach my clients about them, about them and they maybe things that they don't know or don't know why. And not all of our um, sessions are super comfortable because we do get into some really, really deep, deep stuff, yeah. but they keep coming back. <laughs> and I also do um, tarot readings and that is something like I've had, I've had like the same clients for so many years and we meet once a month, we have an hour session um, and I read tarot and we, it's the coolest thing to be able to be a part of their lives for all of these years as well. I still get to, I think I'm still doing the same thing, kind of witnessing them as well. Um, just with Alchemy Academy, it is um, more focused and there's a different intention. Yeah. I can speak uh, for personal experience how great Justine is with her readings. I can kind of, you know, read my own cards and connect with my own things. But there's times when things are really uncomfortable and really hard. And just to having somebody else on the other side of the country, being able to see and validate those things, um, you're just really intuitive. And it always makes me feel like, okay, yeah, this is true. I wasn't just making this up and freaking out. This is my truth. This is what I'm going through. And these are things that I might look at that I haven't looked at yet or have overlooked that will help me through this time. And it's really cool how you just get those things without me saying them, you know? So when you know when I'm going through a lot, it's never when I'm in a good moment, but when I'm going through a lot, I'm like, hey, Justine, can you do a reading for me? Yeah. And and you just said it right there. What did I do? I I just validated you. I heard you. And and how, oh my gosh, what does that do for somebody? Especially when you're like, am I crazy? You know, am I really, is this, am I overreacting? Is this going to end? Like what you're yeah, going through when it feels yeah. like it's not going to end? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love hearing that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, I love me with that too, because I know that it's very vulnerable. It's very vulnerable as somebody to read your tarot cards. Yeah. I still kind of like don't, I mean, I I guess you kind of say it, you have to speak truth or things aren't okay. How old were you when you started saying I'm a witch? And being a witch is kind of your full-time job. So I'll tell people like, I'll be like, well, I'm a witch, but like Justine is really a witch because she's, she's like a full-time witch, <laughs> you know? So it's like. Witch, you're, like, that's, you don't have to qualify it. Like you're, you're a witch. Um doing witch work too yeah. it doesn't involve a candle you know it doesn't have to involve herbs it right. is it is the it's what you're doing it is the it's the intent it's the healing like witches mm -hmm. are healing 
how, look at how you heal people. You are a witch. Yeah. And I guess I'm witching doing this podcast. People are always like, thank you for doing this work when I interview them. Um, yeah, but it's just, yeah. So what, what is the step when it's like, I can work with these archetypes. I can, how does one realize they're a witch? <laughs> okay. So, well, I think you'll, you'll, you might like this. And I think that maybe this is the answer. Um, you know how I don't like to make things easy on myself? Right. So when I read the book, Witch, and um, Lisa talked about the burning times. And this was the time in history where women were being mutilated, burned, you know, burned at the stake, hung, had their tongues cut out, you name it, just absolutely horrific. Drowned. Drowned um, tortured, forcibly removed from their homes. Um, 13 million women were killed for being witches. And that made me realize that we are all probably witches. Now we're afraid, especially in our culture, we're afraid to, to lean into our magic, but I realized that we're all witches, aren't we? I don't know. I think I just, and, and I decided to step into it because um, I'm going to take it back. I'm, I am a witch and I am a woman and I'm going to stand in my power and I'm going to, I'm going to do every single thing that will get, would have gotten me killed. <laughs> you're, you're psycho. <laughs> They can't do it. They're not allowed to now. And if they do, you'll know why, right? Yeah. I mean, if something happens to me, you'll know why. It's because I was rebellious. It's because I spoke out. It's because I was a witch. Because I am a witch. And that in itself would be powerful. And and it's not like I, I want to be uncomfortable. But I also refuse to allow myself and all of the other women in this world to have to play small. I'm not. I don't that's not it's not right we don't have yeah. to be small we can stand up and we can be oh my gosh amazed in in this world amazed with our connection like think about like you're you're a reiki master um think about that feeling when you are grounded when you are connected to gaia and then that feeling when you when it just goes through your body and and uh, all the way up into father sky like that is that's what witches feel like. Yeah. And look at somebody who's a doctor. I mean, doctors are witches. Like, holy shit. Like, look at what they do. Look at the healing that they bring. They don't have to say they're a witch. They don't even have to know that they're a witch. But they're following their path of healing. Yeah. There are so many different ways. And um, I think the the healing that I bring is activism. Um, it's really being honest. and um, But it also is being able to witness people and see them. Um, and, and you, your healing is in so many ways. You, you know, your yoga practice, it is another way that you validate people too. And you help them move energy through their body. And we have to, must move energy through our body. And otherwise we start getting really sick. Right. So I'd like to ask about spells. I know we don't have like a ton of time because we've, we could chat forever and hour, but what makes a spell worth doing? why would you choose to do a spell and 
how have ones that have been positive affected you or other people? Okay. So, um, one spell that I think is really imperative for people in certain situations is, um, is cord cutting. And um, it's something not to be taken lightly, but when you do a cord cutting, you are releasing your energy from an energy that isn't serving you. Often people do this when they have maybe been in an abusive relationship or, um, I mean, that's the main reason usually, or there's somebody who's really toxic in their life that they need. They really need this like sever, a severed tie. Um, and it is very big work, but it really, it is powerful work. And I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. I mean, this is something I do for people pretty regularly. Um, and I've just been floored by the freedom. I, the story that I, I like to tell is um, I have these two friends who um, once upon a time were in an extremely, extremely bad relationship. Um, the abuse was kind of like they brought it out of each other, I would say. You know how some people can kind of bring the negativity out of each other. And even though they really loved each other, and I don't think that they didn't, I, I think that they did, but they had this like soul contract that was just really brutal. And um, years after their relationship ended, one of them came to me and said, I think that I need to have, uh, like, I think I need to do a cord cutting. And I said no at the time because I didn't think that she was ready. Um, and she wasn't because she wasn't. The next year, though, she came back to me and she said, I, I know that I'm ready now. And we did this cord cutting. And here's what is amazing. Her life within six months started completely changing. She stopped having the voices of this person in her head. Well, the other person also to this day has no idea that we did this cord cutting. That person's life has blossomed and they are so much healthier now i got to i got to witness both of both and it is amazing just releasing so i would say like that would be a spell that i highly recommend but only if you're really ready to be done with an energy that it doesn't serve you anymore yeah that's a good one to share thank you um so here we go for like the last part of the show, the questions of what does your meditation practice look like now? Um, and everyone, it doesn't have to be like, I sit and do this. Like what does meditation look like for you? And any advice you have for people that are interested in doing meditating or coming into their witchier, their selves? Um, okay, so my practice right now, um, so I sort of have like a daily practice and then I have like, in like more intentional, um, bigger practices. My daily practice is, um, very, it's kind of more of a Reiki, um, meditation. I take some time, um, every night before I go to sleep and I, um, invite, you know, the, the guy energy through me and I allow it to, um, you know, come through, come completely through my body healing. But I also, um, ask for guidance. What do I need to know? Um, and I will have 
inklings those things the things I need to know in those times um so that's like where I really just it helps me to be ready for bed releasing um I also do this while I sit on my have my feet in the water um because <laughs> heard that um for me part of my grounding practice is water I am a Pisces um, I'm a rising cancer. Oh, and my, um, moon is in Aries, which might also explain why I sometimes think I make things difficult. Um, but my feet in the water, um, is very grounding. It's very healing. And I allow, um, sort of like that, which doesn't serve me to go through my body down, down, down to my feet into the water. And then I will release the plug and allow those things to be washed away. Um, now, bigger practices are usually when I know that I need to um, connect in big ways. And that's when I'll do um, sometimes even my own meditations that I have recorded um, or we'll find, you know, other med people who um, guide meditations mm -hmm. and um, allow myself to be sort of swept away. That's the way it feels to me anyway, just swept away in into the guided meditations and um, the visualization yeah. helps you visualization is huge for me and I do get like inklings and like sort of whispers I would say um of knowing when like things that come to me like I will come out of a meditation and I will need to write you know I, I need to like process it and I feel like I must channel during those times yeah well cool. thank you for sharing and what would you recommend for people that are starting to meditate or or like what I said earlier, like turn, come into themselves because we can't do this other kind of work until we're embodied. Um, I would not have expectations. Um, I would really be gentle with yourself and, um, and explore and be curious. Um, what works for me or, and the things that I'm really into, like the really witchy things like might be totally repulsive to you. That means they're not for you. Um, but be curious. Um, you know, if there's something that's really intriguing and you're like, Ooh, like that, I don't know why I can't get this out of my head. Like I couldn't get, you know, cacao out of my head and ended up taking a course because I just couldn't stop thinking about it and really wanted to learn about cacao and some beautiful medicine that you and I've both been able to bring to people. Um, so curiosity and not having expectations and gentleness, be gentle with yourself. You don't have to be me. You don't have to be a martyr. Yeah. I like that. Like if you keep thinking about something, it might be something worth exploring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then you might find that it does, you and that's fine. Like it's not you haven't really wasted anything, but you've you've learned something. You've learned what doesn't work, and when things don't work, that is a lesson too. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't have lessons aren't just because they are successful. Remember, we were talking about prayer earlier. Just because we didn't get it answered in the way that we had wanted it, doesn't mean it wasn't answered. This is the same thing. You know, it's it's you try and see what happens. Yeah. There's something too that some of my meditation teachers talk about and it's like bringing your thoughts like kind of like a mantra or back to your breath or back to like kindness and gentleness with yourself whenever it goes off path instead of being hard and stuff like that. And there's like there are worse things that you could be putting your thoughts on right now. You know, so why not do this? <laughs> why not incline incline your brain to something positive because there's a lot worse you could be doing right like give gift yourself yeah. <laughs> be, be loving to yourself i mean if you're not going to who will yeah i love that thank you so much thank you um, so much
you're going, we're really lucky that you're going to lead us in a guided meditation in the next episode. So would you like to share with people what it is you're going to be doing? Yeah. So this is actually not like one of my really big ones. Um, this one is something really special. Um, I mean, they're all special, but this is special in a different way. Um, I call it manifestation magic and, um, I created it from a very, very ancient incantation that I think is one of the most powerful spells, if you will, um, that has ever been in the world. And it's actually really widely used, but I'm not going to tell you where or how, um, because I, I knew that I needed to, um, recreate it in a way that made me feel comfortable because I wasn't super comfortable with it. So, um, this is a six step um sort of like it's 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 a it's sort of like a manifestation and a meditation it's and what's cool with meditation is like you don't have to be like sitting on your yoga mat you know like we've seen like there's i can like go into a meditative state when doing the dishes um this is one of those things that's a little more like interactive i would say and it's just i think it's really special i worked really hard on it and um was able to, you know, we did it every morning when we were on our retreat in Utah and it, we saw it work. I mean, we have some mutual friends who had the things that they were manifesting came true. And that just was so amazing because I hadn't shared it with anybody yet. That was the first time I shared it with, like you guys were the first people that I brought it to. And now I've got a whole manifestation group on Facebook and they're all using it too. That's incredible. So thank you so much. I hope everyone sticks around and uses the manifestation meditation um, with us and as often as you can or you want to, because this is a real gift. And um, thank you so much, Justine, for opening up and sharing. I know we're bopping all over the place, but I loved our conversation. I'm really grateful that you took the time for us. Thank you for creating this space. I love you so much. I love you too. And then, like I said, on Instagram, it's easy to find her. She's Justine the Witch. Uh, also, it will all be in the show notes and links to anything that she wants to give us links to to find her will be in the show notes below. And you can just click on it and find her. Um, and like I said, I can speak through, um, what's it called? Uh, my own experience. I can speak through experience that work, working with Justine is transformative and, and really validating. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. We hope you stick around for the meditation on the next episode. If you're interested in wellness coaching through a meditative lens or starting your own meditation practice with accountability, check out themeditationward.com. Give us a follow on Instagram at themeditationward and please like, review us, and share with your friends. See you soon.